Hey, this is Jen and welcome to the Sojo Show. Today we have a special treat for you. Um, this summer we've been going back and reviewing some of our favorite old episodes and today we have one that is one of our most listened to episodes for a good reason and it's going to tie beautifully into our next two Bible studies that we're doing in July and August because we are diving back into the book of Galatians. So this episode's all about the fruit of the Spirit, and it is, we, we talk about several things on here. We talk about the confusion around understanding what it actually is, how I had some serious misconceptions about it early on, and the meaning of the word abide. We also really talk about some practical ways and some plans in order to grow in Christ, and I am, I'm excited for you to listen to the episode again. If you've listened to it before, it's been a long time. Sure, you remember everything about it, but if you don't, this will refresh your memory. <laughs> and I hope that you enjoy it. And most of all, I hope that it spurs you to get into the book of Galatians and learn more about these fruit for yourself. Enjoy. Welcome to the Sojo Show with Jen and AJ where you'll dig deep into God's Word alongside two imperfect, frequently ineloquent women as we discover fresh ways to walk out God's truth together. Welcome back to the Sojo Show. Hello, AJ. Hello, Jen. How are you today? I'm great. How about you? You sound cheery. Awesome. I feel very fruity today. I could take that the wrong way, totally the wrong way. Yeah, actually, that sounds really bad. I don't know what in the world I'm saying. (laughs) No, I know why you're saying it. I'm trying to be cute. I'm trying to be cute and it's failing miserably. (laughs) Well, they'll get it in just a second. So hang with us, guys. Y'all will understand. (laughs) Hang on, hang on, hang on. (laughs) All right, AJ, I have a question, a really quick question. Okay. Okay, so here is my question Do you have an interesting fruit story or an interesting fruit that you have tried or anything well, about fruit. Tell me about fruit. As a matter of fact, I do have an interesting fruit story. So, well, of course you probably figured this out because we lived overseas for a long time and they have different foods yes. in different parts of the world. Yes. So things can get quite interesting on the food front. And there is a fruit called durian that is very popular in certain Asian countries. And so over there, it's also known as the stinky fruit because it stinks to high heavens. It really does. And it smells like like you would never put this thing in your mouth, but people are crazy about it because, well, supposedly it tastes good. I actually did not try it because of the story I'm getting ready to tell you. So our teacher wanted us to try the stinky fruit So when I say we, I'm talking about my husband, Jackson and myself. And so she gave him the the first piece, right? (laughs) Well, as soon as he put it in his mouth, he starts choking. And I mean, like full, (laughs) just all out choking. And he's like, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. I got this up my nose. (laughs) He's like, it's stuck on my nose. I'm like, how can can my nose? 
how can this fruit get stuck in your nose? He's like, I don't know. It went down my throat and went like up my nose. I'm oh, like, no. oh, that no. is not possible. That is, is possible. just, that is, well, I, and I learned after the fact that actually is possible, yes, is. but I did not it believe it. Awful, though. <laughs> I was like, that is not a thing. You're freaking <laughs> out, you know? And so he was in class choking, thinking this thing was up his nose which actually it was, but I didn't believe him. And, <laughs> and I was decided, you know what? I don't think I'm going to try stinky fruit, but he actually like sneezed it out later, like a couple days later. Well, and how, then I believe he taste it. Did he get to taste it at all? He did. And I think that's what made him choke <laughs> it up. His <laughs> Okay, why would anyone want to eat something called the 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 the, the qualifier? It's stinky. <laughs> I know. The adjective. I know, right? I'm like, why would you do that to yourself? But people do. It's like a real thing. Oh I don't understand God. it. Because all that your taste is associated with your smell. I, I, I how can you not? Like, yeah. Oh my word. <laughs> I had a reason for asking it. Yes, you did. Because yes. tell them. Well, we're turning this story around. Yes. Yes. <laughs> to talk about the good kind of fruit, yeah. right? It doesn't stink and it doesn't taste bad either. <laughs> and it does not come out your nose. <laughs> <laughs> Most definitely not. And that really is a thing. I well, know. talking about the fruit of the spirit, Jen, you have a really interesting take on this. And we have talked briefly about this before. So why don't you just give us a little bit of your background on your understanding of the fruit of the spirit and how we can actually produce those fruits in our life? Yes. Okay. So the fruit of the spirit, as most of you know, are found in Galatians and in particular Galatians chapter five, verses 22 and 23. And if you're not familiar, which probably you are, but if you're not familiar, those verses just simply say, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such things. There is no law. All right. And then there's, there is a whole, you know, you have to obviously put it in context, read the whole chapter, but those are the, the fruit of the spirit. Now, when I was younger, well, actually I spent a good part of my Christian life with this, with this thinking, I mean, early on, I was really very convicted by these fruit. Uh, because I felt like that I was not really, you know, exhibiting them well. <laughs> was it? I want just. I just knew I needed to do better. I needed to do better. And so I spent way too much of my Christian life working on this, developing the fruit. I need to be more patient. I need to have more self control. I was lacking in them. Oh, I got to strive. I got to go. I got to go. I got to go. And my God given personality, which it is a God given personality, but it it it, it opposes. <laughs> some of these fruit, but you know what? Side note, yours does too, because all of our human nature opposes the, you know, the fruit of God in and of ourselves. So anyway, so I'm not alone in this. I know I'm not alone, but I strived and I worked so hard. And one day, almost 30 years ago now, I was in my twenties and I had been a Christian. I'd been just so on fire for God in my teens and in my twenties and and uh, I was in my residency. I had finished college and medical school. I was in my residency. 
And I was talking about this with a dear friend of mine and, and how distressed I was. And she was a very quiet and meek person. So I really wanted to be like her. Her, her God-given personality was opposite of mine. And I was like, I really want to be like you. And she said, she said, you know what? I always thought, <laughs> real quiet, I'll never forget it. I always thought that the fruit of the spirit were not qualities that we worked for and that we labored to gain, but that naturally grew out of our heart when we were seeking God and trusting Christ and growing in faith. And I just went, what? Wait, what? And all of a sudden, everything flipped for me. Because I came to the right understanding. And it's kind of embarrassing for me to say this, that I had a wrong understanding for several years on this. I grew up in a denomination that for whatever reason, I felt like it was mostly my responsibility to make this happen. And when things got changed around and turned around and put on their head, I all of a sudden realized that the fruit of the spirit were an outflowing of my maturity with my walk with God. And number one, that changed everything in how I needed to strive. Number two, it increased increased my conviction a bit more because I realized, oh, well, you know, if I'm not like, producing and I'm not showing these fruit, then there's a reason for that. There's a reason behind that. But it also gave me a purpose and something to work for, not striving to be more patient and to have more joy. I got to have more joy. You know, it's not that, but it's striving to know Christ more. And if someone out there needs that flip, I'm turning it on its head for you. And I am, I'm just, it's just a really cool revelation. So I don't know if you ever had that experience, AJ, but it was a very good thing when I realized the truth of this. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like you were liberated in your thinking. And honestly, I think it goes back to one of the episodes previously that we talked about like merit-based thinking versus grace-based thinking. And it's just our human nature and the way natural world works around us that we are to work for things, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. like nothing comes to you if you're not working for it. And we can apply the same thinking to our walk with Christ. And there is effort involved. I'm not saying there's no effort involved, but our effort follows the grace that we have in Christ. And it follows our faith. Like our works and our effort is an outflow of our faith. It's always secondary. We place our faith in Christ. We believe he is sufficient. He has given us everything we need for life and godliness. And from that belief, then we live and we make choices and we live who we are in Christ. And, and our fruit comes as a result of that. It's kind of like the tree analogy. I mean, everybody's heard this, but the tree analogy is you cultivate the root and the fruit will come. You don't just put all your attention on the leaves and the branches of the tree, because the root system is what's going to naturally produce that if it's healthy. And the same way with our relationship with Christ, our fruitfulness comes as a result of abiding in the vine. And I know John 15 comes into play here in this conversation too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. As we abide in him, he produces that fruit in our lives. And even looking back 
just a couple verses before in Galatians 5 verses 16 and 18, it says, but I say, walk by the spirit and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. So the idea is when we walk in the spirit, these fruit do come into our lives. But it's if we focus on keeping in step with the spirit of of listening to him, of cultivating that relationship, of obeying when we hear him speaking to us through the word, then this is a natural outflow. You know, our focus needs to be on cultivating the relationship and not on producing the fruit. Right. And it's not my fruit. That's the other thing. It's not your fruit. It's the fruit of the spirit. It's the spirit's fruit. It is, it's the fruit which the Holy Spirit produces in us as we walk and submit to him. Right. So that's, I mean, just realize that it's not my, it's not my um, responsibility to create it. It's produced in me by the spirit. And that's what you were saying, that difference between the works and, and the fruit. There's a quote by Warren Warsby that says the contrast between works and fruit is important. A machine in a factory works and turns out a product, but it could never manufacture fruit. Fruit must grow out of life. And in the case of the believer, it is the life of the spirit. When you think of works, you think of effort, labor, strain, and toil. When you think of fruit, you think of beauty, quietness, the unfolding of life. Mm -hmm. And so, and he goes on and he says, the old nature cannot produce fruit. Only the new nature can do that. And that's where you were talking about abiding in Christ. And we probably need to look at that verse a little more closely, but when we submit to the spirit and when we abide in Christ and when we know him more, just like you're saying, we're working on those roots, then the fruit is an outward manifestation Mm -hmm. of what's going on the inside. R.C. Sproul said, it is the evidence of the fruit of the spirit that is the mark of our progress in sanctification. That is like point on. So Mm -hmm. if you are not producing these fruit, if you are feeling lacking in this, just like I was, then that is a reflection of what's going on on the inside. That's a mark of the progress of our sanctification. And the really good thing about that is that does not have to cause us to be stressed because we now know we have a plan now, right? Yes. And we have a plan and we can work on that progress of sanctification. And that may seem a little stressful to us to think about that, but we've been given in the word, the plan and what to do in order to grow in Christlikeness and to be able to produce yeah. this fruit. Absolutely. And Jen, I'm going to kind of piggyback off of that. And I want you to share some, maybe some of the practical things of what that plan looks like. I will go ahead and start because this is a verse that has really helped me a lot over the years. It comes from Romans eight, verse six. It says for the mind set on the flesh is death, but the mind set on the spirit is life and peace. And so for me, I always come back to this verse to say, okay, if I'm not seeing that fruit in my life, I, it needs to start in my mind. Let me get my mind focused on the things of the Lord again and focus on the truth of scripture. And it always comes back to the gospel, right? Mm-hmm. I am mm-hmm. forgiven. I am a new person in Christ Jesus. I am dead to the old. I'm alive to God. He's given me everything I need for life and godliness in this situation, in this here and now, right now. And I can receive all of that provision in the sufficiency of Christ by faith. 
And so it comes back to the mind for me, getting the mind back to the gospel, back grounded and centered on Christ. And then from there, I know that he will then work that the goodness, his goodness out in my life in practical ways. So what do you, what do you have to say about the plan and just the practical steps we can take to focusing where we need to focus? Right. Well, it's interesting. We talked, you talked to me a little bit earlier about John 15 and John 15, four, where that's kind of the, that's the crux of it. Right. And that begins the, that that's what to do in order to work towards these practical steps you're talking about. John 15, four says abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit in itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you, unless you abide in me. That's what you just said. So abiding in Christ, when you think about that word abide, that word, what does it actually mean? If you do a study on this word in the original language, it means to stay or remain, right? So we become, we are in Christ at the moment of salvation. Second Corinthians 5 tells us that we're already in Christ when, when we are justified and nothing can remove us from his hand. John 10 says. So all we're required to do is remain in him, to stay, to remain. And so when we're thinking about the practical steps that we can take, Ada's already talked about it, and we're going to talk about some practical steps. Remember that all we're doing is remain. We're already in Christ if you're trusting in him. Now, if you're not trusting in the work of Christ on the cross, then that is something that you have to do in order to produce fruit to begin with. But once we are in Christ, all we have to do is remain. We just have to stay in Christ. And there's a, there's a couple of things in, in John 15, 10 and 1 John 3, 24. Um, we have to be obedient to Christ's commands. Okay. So that's something that's relatively simple. How do we know Christ's commands? Just like AJ said, we have to be in the word to know Christ's commands. So in 1 John 2, 6, we have to follow Jesus's example. How do we know? what his example is, we have to be in the word. We have to know it. First John 3, 6, we live free from habitual sin. The only way to do that is through the strength of Christ in us and the, and, and knowing who Christ is, knowing him more, and then just being aware of who we are in Christ. I think aware that Christ lives in us. First John 4, First John 4, 13 basically says that we know that we abide in him and he is us because he has given us, he, he has given us his spirit. So he basically, we know that we are abiding in him. So know this, if you're trusting in Christ, know you're abiding in him, know that all you have to do is stay and remain and do these things. But each of them point back to knowing who God is and knowing who Christ is. And the only way to do that is through his word, but he's given us his word. Isn't that cool? It's not like we have to like guess at who Christ is and what his commands are and what we're supposed to do, what example we're supposed to follow. We don't have to guess at this. It's it's given to us in his word. That's where our step comes in. You, you, you're not going to learn about osmosis. I wish, I wish, I wish when I was in medical school, I wished I could sleep under on top of my books and learn them learn biology and learn anatomy and learn all the things, physiology, but just, that would have been really convenient. That'd have been awesome. (laughs) But you know what? I had to open that book in order to become a doctor. I had to open that book and I had to take the time, a lot of time to study the material and know what I needed to know to be a doctor. I, I, I had to, or I would not have 
I wouldn't have succeeded in that. And I would not have produced the fruit of doctrineness. <laughs> right. Right. The same way with the word. You have to open the Bible. You have to read it. You have to know it. And, but it's a beautiful, beautiful command because it, knowing who you are in Christ is freeing. It really is. Mm-hmm. Well, and the second step, taking the doctor analogy, the second step to really living that out and becoming a doctor is then you had to take that knowledge and you had to apply it Mm -hmm. to the real doctoring that you did. Right. And that looked a little differently than the textbook. I'm sure, you know, because the textbook is pretty straight, clear cut, but life always isn't that way. And the same thing with living out the truth we find in scripture too, but that's how you get that experience. That's how you get that knowledge. That's how we really grow up and mature and become good at what we do, whether it's doctrine or whether it's living the Christian life, it's living it out day to day in your home, with your kids, with your husband, with your coworkers, in your community, However, the Lord has, wherever the Lord has placed you and however he is giving you those opportunities, it's taking that knowledge and acting as if the truth of God's word is true in our day-to-day life. And so that's kind of the other side of the coin with all of this. When we walk in the spirit, we take the truth and we act as if it's real. Yes. So that is really how we grow up and how our fruit matures and develops and, and it becomes something that nourishes other people around us. And then we're recognized by that fruit mm-hmm. and yep. it, it, it becomes, it, and then it, then we're able to reflect the glory of God because of the fruit in our own lives. In Matthew seven, what does he yeah. say? Every healthy tree bears fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit. A diseased tree cannot bear good fruit. And it says every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus you will recognize them by their fruits. We're back to fruit here. Mm-hmm. In Matthew. And so it's, we're recognized by that. Sometimes our perception is not accurate on them. For example, I'm not supposed to walk around all the time and be joyous. It's, there's a difference between our emotions and true joy. But I will say that when we are producing these fruit, not in and of ourselves, but the Holy Spirit in us, and then we're showing an onlooking world the glory of God. So mm-hmm. you're right. So there's several steps to this, AJ. There's yeah. knowing it, there's living it and practicing it. And then there is, and, and because of that, it becomes a sweet aroma to an, a dying world and they mm-hmm. will recognize us by our fruit. Yeah, that's right. And you mentioned Matthew. I just have to share this from Matthew five, verse 14. It says, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your father who is in heaven. So yes, this fruitfulness that we are to bear is to be a evidence to a dying world of the glory of God. We are to showcase his glory through the fruitfulness and just being a light, being different than mm-hmm. people around us. So what a beautiful thing. Yeah. So I guess the moral of the story is if you are striving really hard (laughs) to get these fruit of the spirit, know that you just have to remain in Christ. If you are in Christ, you already have what it takes. And as you grow in sanctification, the Holy Spirit will produce these fruit in more. You'll be evidence um, more fully and 
and the world will see that. You have to do a little work, but the Holy Spirit does the hard part and you you will be a line on a hill. And that's right. That is that's what it's all about. So that's right. And if you need a starting point, as we've mentioned today, get into the word. If you do not have a Bible reading plan, then start find one. You can do an internet search on, you know, best scripture reading plan, and you can find any number of reading plans out there, but start regularly immersing yourself in the word of God. And that's what we do in Sojo Academy. We provide Bible reading plans. We provide a Bible study each and every month. If you want a community to study God's word with together online, we'd certainly love to have you. Right. We do have a free gift that you can go pick up at sojohub.com. Uh, it's Sojo, S-O-J-O, Hub, H-U-B, all one word, sojohub.com. Go over there. You can get the show notes for this a podcast, but there's a free there's a free gift related to the fruit of the spirit. And so it will help you potentially, but we do invite you to join us. So yes, fun. Fun, fun. yes I can't wait. <laughs> That'll be fun. All right. All right. All right. Well, thanks we'll for joining us today. Time. Yeah. Yep. See you later. We'll see you later. Hey guys, it's AJ here with a personal question. Do you ever long to connect with other women over God's word? If so, I'd like to personally invite you to be part of our online Bible study community. Sojo Academy is where Jen and I meet via Zoom every week with our global community to discuss God's word, pray, and share what we are learning with each other. In Sojo Academy, you'll get a fresh Bible study every month, as well as weekly meetups, Bible journaling kits, accountability, community, and an entire library of workshops and Bible study tutorials. Jumpstart your walk with God and come hang out with us live this week. Visit SojoAcademy.com and we'll see you inside.